0: Well, last week, Kate opened up our series on crazy faith with her message, Crazy Now, Faith Later. If you haven't, if you didn't hear it or you want to listen to it, you can hop onto our YouTube channel and check it out. If you want to find an easier way to find it, head to our website, fwcchurch.ca, click the Church Online tab, and it will show up right there for you. But uh, crazy faith is having thoughts and actions that lack reason but trusting fully in what you cannot explicitly prove. In other words, crazy faith is having thoughts and actions that don't line up with what other people's perception of how things should be are. You know, it's like, I'm going to live this way, even though everyone else thinks I should be kind of down here, because this requires something that's not in the equation right now. And that's where we have our faith in God, and that's the crazy faith aspect. And crazy faith, it's only crazy until it happens, right? We have crazy faith for something. If we have crazy faith for breakthrough, if we have crazy faith for healing, if we have crazy faith for finances, it's only crazy until it happens. Once it happens, then we can point back and say, told you so, add faith for that thing, right? Awesome. So now that we have been challenged to have crazy faith, Kate challenged us last week to have crazy faith, we're going to strip it all the way back down to where it starts because to take that huge jump to crazy faith, it doesn't always make sense, right? It could be really challenging to go crazy faith from little to no faith. And crazy faith starts with baby faith, okay? Baby faith, and that's where we're going to start today. Lots of us will pray for the person who has cancer and needs surgery, right? We believe for the really big thing, but we won't believe God to heal us from our common cold, right? We'll reach for the Tylenol cold and sinus or whatever first before we've even prayed about it. And I'm not saying medicine's bad. Medicine is good. It's made for that. But where's our faith in Jesus, right? Or we'll believe God's going to give us that winning lotto ticket, right? I'm believing this is the one but we don't have faith that God's going to provide our needs for today, right? Or we'll pray that God wants to part the seas for us like Moses, right? So I can just walk to Deer Island, (laughs) right? But we won't have faith for God to help us part our hair in the morning. That one's more of a joke. (laughs) I don't have enough hair to part. (laughs) It's departed me. Oh, that was bad. (laughs) That was not in my notes. I'm sorry, Sabri. I'm getting the, she's pointing at me like, stop. But I know that's a bit ridiculous, but I believe that Jesus won't give us things we're not ready to handle. And faith goes much the same way, right? If our faith has not grown to a level where we can handle those big things, I don't think God's going to answer us on that level until we start building our faith up to believe for the little things that he's put right in front of us. Baby faith is where it starts, and it grows from there. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you are wanting to speak to us this morning, that you want to see our faith grow into something crazy, something great, something magnificent, Jesus. Lord, I also recognize that lots of us are at different spots, different spots in our walks with you. So, Lord, may we recognize the importance of our baby faith, of those little acts of faith, Jesus, And may it grow into something amazing. So, Lord, as we get into your word this morning, we just pray that you'd be speaking to each one of us. Give us each something special this morning. In your name, amen. So, Matthew 17, verses 14 to 20, it says this. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, who's Jesus, and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not heal him. Jesus' disciples could not heal this guy. And Jesus answered, (laughs) I imagine Jesus had like that annoyed look on his face when he said this, Oh, faithless and twisted generation, (laughs) how long am I to be with you? How long do I have to put up with these guys? How long am I going to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? Why couldn't we do it, Jesus? And he said to them, because you have little faith. They didn't have enough faith to see that demon come out of that child. So they failed to heal that boy. They failed to invoke the Holy Spirit, God's power to heal that kid. But Jesus continued, for truly I say to you, and when Jesus says, but truly I say to you, in other words, he's saying, pay good attention right here. This is important. This is something that you don't want to miss. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, little tiny itsy bitsy baby faith, You will say to this mountain, move from here to there with that little bit of faith like a mustard seed, and it will move. It's not it might move, it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Faith as small as a mustard seed, that little baby faith. You see, the disciples, they hadn't quite grasped how important their faith level was. They hadn't quite grasped how important it was to be solid in believing Jesus undoubtedly. Faith is like a muscle. Now, how many of you guys hit the gym? You don't have to raise your hands because that's awkward. I I imagine I hit the gym. Sometimes I close my eyes and think I'm working out, but really I'm just falling back asleep. (laughs) I'm being honest. But faith is like a muscle. No, we need to condition it. We need to exercise it. We need to be using it regularly and growing it just like we grow our muscles, right? When you work out, when you're working out in a gym or something like that, you're wanting to rip your muscles. You want them to tear a little bit so that when they come back together, they grow to be stronger. That's what we do with our faith. When we start with that baby faith, when we start with small faith. And we use it again and again and again, and we start to stretch it, we tear it a little bit, we practice using it, and as we use it more and more and more, our faith grows and grows and grows into larger, bigger amounts of faith. Where we, it's not just that, you know, when we pray for healing for someone, we pray that Jesus might heal them, that we hope that He's gonna heal them, right? But we haven't built up our faith to that level where we can say to that cancer, Be gone in Jesus' name, and have complete undoubt or have complete faith undoubtedly that that's going to happen because we haven't built up to it yet faith is not a foundational piece of our lives it is the foundational piece without faith we can't do much or anything really it's so important for us to condition our faith to work it out to grow it to build it up in our lives and just one chapter later in matthew 18 we see the disciples at it again. <laughs> and I can just imagine how Jesus is feeling in this moment. Matthew 18, verses 1 to 4, it says, at, the time, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? This is like the next chapter after they just couldn't cast out the demon, by the way. So like, <laughs> what a question to ask. In my sarcasm, i probably say, Well, after what just happened, probably not you guys. But <laughs> Right? But who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, Jesus put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Who is the greatest? The one who becomes like a child. Kids have lots of faith. You know, when you put kids in a space like we do at Kids Club, they have lots of faith in the adults in the room. They, they'll listen to them. They'll do the things that they ask. Why? Because they believe that they know better. They believe that what they're telling them is true. You know, when you have your own kids, they have a lot of faith in mom and dad to believe that they're going to tell them the right things in life. You know, and then as they become teenagers, that can get a little bit more difficult sometimes. But children have much faith. And Jesus was saying we need to get back to being like children and just trust him fully. Trust him fully for the things that we're facing in life. Trust in God, put our faith in him. You know, when we do things like youth group, for example, at youth we get all kinds of youth showing up here on a Tuesday night when we're running youth. We just hit summer break now, but we've got Catons coming up next month which we're pumped for. But when youth are coming here for the first time, they don't always listen the best to us. Why? Because they don't have faith in us yet. They haven't learned to trust us as leaders yet. But as time goes on and we're consistently there for them, just like Jesus is for each one of us. You know, we're consistent their trust starts to build, their faith starts to build. And all of a sudden, we build this friendship with the youth where, you know, if I were to go, hey, Cohen and Ashton and Corbin, can you guys go stack up all the chairs for me? They'd be like, yep. And they'd just go do it without even asking a question. But they've learned to trust. And that's an amazing, amazing lesson we can all learn um, as adults is to fully trust Jesus. Sometimes we put the level of faith or trust we have in humans, you know, we, humans fail us, they hurt us, um, things happen in life that just cause us to have mistrust, and we take that same level of mistrust and we put it on God in our lives, where all of a sudden we're not putting our full faith, our full trust on God in our lives, but it's time for us to take that human expectation or that, that level of trust that we have in humans off of God, and be able to get back to trusting him fully and having and starting again with our baby faith and building that up. All of us who believed in Jesus have exercised at least a little bit of baby faith. You know, we believe in Jesus and that we have eternal life in him, right? Right? <laughs> oh good. <laughs> but we believe in Jesus, we believe that we have eternal life in him, but that level of faith is like being able to crawl for the first time as a baby. It's amazing, right? Anyone who has ever had kids will tell you, when your kid starts to crawl, it's amazing and terrifying all at the same time because you know all of a sudden they're not safe anymore, (laughs) right? They can get onto all kinds of stuff. But it's amazing, but it's the first little step. You know, eventually you wanna get on your feet. You wanna start taking those stumbly first few steps. You wanna start walking, you wanna start running. My mom said I was running before I started crawling. But uh, baby faith, it starts at the bottom. You know, so many Christians have faith to go to, ke- to heaven. And I hope all Christians have faith that they go to heaven. But lots of them live in hell every day. That's the honest truth. Lots of Christians have faith that they're going to heaven. They're escaping this place one day, but they're living in hell every single day day of their lives. They have enough faith to believe that they're going to escape and get somewhere else one day, but they don't have enough faith for the purpose in their lives today, that Jesus can actually come into their current situations and change it for the good, that Jesus can actually come into their life and make a turn, that Jesus can supply their needs when they have needs, that Jesus can cure even their common cold when they're sick, right? Do we have faith for health? Do we have faith for finances? Do we have faith for our relationships? Do we have faith for our marriages? Right? God has good things for us. God wants to do good things through us. God wants to bless us. It's in the word. And so many of us live like those things aren't true every single day. And we're just waiting for that emergency hatch to open on the plane so we can jump out before it crashes, right? That's not how I see that Jesus asked us to live. Jesus wants to break the cycle of hell in our lives, and it's time to start exercising our faith and living like we ought to, a life more abundant. You know, an example of this um, in the New Testament is Jesus and the fig tree. How many of you guys have heard of Jesus and the fig tree that had no fruit on it? I laugh when I read, read this story because the fig tree was actually out of season. It says it right in the Bible. <laughs> and Jesus is hungry. This is in Mark 11, 12 to 14. Jesus is hungry, sees this fig tree in the distance. He goes, oh, that's a fig tree. I sure hope there's some figs on there because I'm hungry. And if any of you guys have ever seen, like, my son Corbin after church, He's awful hungry after church usually, and it's like, if there is a fruit tree outside, he'd be looking at that tree going, I hope there's something on there. I want something good today. That's what Jesus is like in this moment. He's looking at the fig tree going, I want some figs. So he goes over there only to be disappointed by his lack of fruit, and he curses it. May no one ever eat fruit from you again, he says. <laughs> the tree was out of season, <laughs> but Jesus wanted fruit. I imagine he said it quite loud because his disciples heard him saying it, right? He went over to the fig tree and he goes, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples are over there going, oh, did you hear Jesus? Hope he doesn't say that to us, <laughs> right? How many of us are not producing fruit are acting like a cursed, dying fig tree in our life with no hope, no faith, and no fruit, Right? Let's get that baby face moving. Let's believe God for the little, little things. In Mark 11, 20 to 25, this story continues with the lesson from the fig tree. Later, the disciples and Jesus, they're walking back past that same fig tree. I love Peter's reaction. He's going, Rabbi, Rabbi, look, look. That fig tree you cursed, it's withered. It's dead. And Jesus, I just imagine, just like, dude, do you even know who I am? Have you figured this out yet? Like, come on. Have faith. Mark eleven 22. We'll pick it up there. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God, right? I imagine Jesus is a little bit irritated at this point because of all the things that have been going on, but it's like, have faith in God, guys. Come on. Truly I say to you. So this is the second time he's used the same phrase. Truly I say to you, Whoever says this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt it in his heart. Right? Does not doubt. It has no doubt inside of him. But believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Not it might, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who also is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. Have faith and forgive. These two things are tied together in this verse. It wasn't a have faith and then a completely separate paragraph, forgive one another. He said, and there. They're connected. There's a connection between the two there. Whatever you ask in prayer, that you will have that whatever you have asked in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it will be yours and forgive. Our uncon our unforgiveness can negatively impact our ability to receive in prayer. It's like putting up a wall in front of us, right? If you've ever Talk to someone that's being really difficult, usually you'd say that they've got a wall, their walls are way up, right? That's what we do when we have unforgiveness in our lives to Jesus. We pull a wall up. We're saying, Yeah, God, I understand that, but not that person. Nope, not today, right? But Jesus is saying right here: if you want your prayers to be answered, if you want your faith to be activated fully, you need to forgive one another. This is important. You know, when they're asking Jesus things like, well, who's the greatest, Jesus? I imagine Jesus going, oh, right, 70 times seven, that's how many times I have to forgive. So, okay, guys. Seriously, though, listen up, right? Forgive one another. Let it go. What do we need to let go of so that we can hold the things that we're having faith for, right? It's like, you know, God wants to give us all of this. Arms stretched wide as big as we can to hold it all. But we're holding on to this little tiny thing. This little fence. When our hands are closed, we can't receive anything else. Right? Let it go. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> right? This brings me to one of my last points. And that's not just Sunday. Sunday not just Sunday. For some of us, it can be easy to have faith or exercise from faith while we're here with the rest of the church, the body of Christ. It can be easier in this kind of a setting to have faith for something, to pray together, to believe God for miracles to happen. But what about Monday when you're at the job you don't like, right? Or Tuesday when you have to deal with that annoying customer again who keeps asking for the same thing that you don't have ever, <laughs> right? I feel like going to faith's fish shack and going, can I have a hot dog? And then coming back next week, seriously, can I have a hot dog, right? It's not going to happen. Or Wednesday, when payday isn't here yet and the bank account has that little dash mark in front of it, right, where it's like, ugh. How's our faith then? How's our faith then in those situations? Are we believing and trusting in God fully with no doubt in our hearts? Or are we hoping that things are going to work out and not really putting our faith in the right spot? Church is like the team huddle, right? It's like we just did um, tribal wars this last week, and they had to come up with their names at youth, and they get into a huddle. They talk. They figure it out. You know, we go play a game like Tube Mania. Teams getting together, they're trying to figure out what's the best way of getting all those tubes, which I know, which I've told very few people. But there's a way to do it that works better than the other ways. They huddle, and then, you know, we're getting ready for the big game, okay? We're laying out all the plans. Then what happens? We break. We go to our positions. We start to activate our faith, activate our hope, and we go for it. We run the play, that's what we as the church should be doing, right? We come together on a Sunday, but this is our team huddle. This is when we're getting ourselves pumped up. This is when we're going over the plans that Jesus has for our lives. And then on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, we're running the play. We're going. We're doing things. We're active in our communities. We're believing God for breakthrough in our relationships. We're believing God for breakthrough in finances. We're believing God for our county, right? That's the crazy faith, right? This is what it should look like for every single one of us. Not just the elite few, not just the ones that have been Jesus followers all their life and have seem like they have it all together because I promise you they don't, <laughs> right? All of us face crap in our lives, right? If we made a pile of all the crap we face in our lives, it'd be the size of this building, okay? <laughs> but we serve a good, good God, and we can have faith for the little things, are we going to activate our faith for the everyday things and be in it to win it? Or are we going to bench ourselves and wonder why nothing good ever happens to us? Either God really is Emmanuel, God with us, or he's not. Whose team are we on? You see, lots of us are guilty of only having our faith in our heads, right? I'm guilty of this sometimes too, where I believe I, in my head I know that God can do all things. I understand that he's capable of healing us and our friends. I understand he's capable of blessing our finances. I understand that he's capable of blessing our relationships. That he's capable to give us good parking at Costco even. I understand that. But we leave it there in our heads. It's time to move our faith from our heads into our hearts. From our hearts to our hands. You know, when it's in our head... That's us technically knowing that he can do it. I understand it. I have an understanding there. But if we leave it there, there's no action to it. It's not able to function and carry out in our lives. Now we move it from our head into our hearts. That's us passionately believing that he can and wants to do it. We become passionate about it, right? When you you believe in something with all of your heart, there is very little that can stop you because you have a passion burning inside of you. That's why all of you youth, all of you young people are so vital to today's church because you carry passion with you. It's natural to you. As you get older and older and older in life, we need young people around us to keep us passionate about things, okay? But we can't just leave it in our hearts, right? We know... We have passion for it, but if it never reaches our hands, it's still no good. We're the hands and feet of Jesus on earth today. When it moves to our hands, it's faith coming to life through our actions. It's actively moving towards the thing we are believing for. You know that when Jesus healed people in the Bible, he very rarely, I don't even know if he ever said, Be healed in my name. No. The guy that couldn't walk, he told him to stand up and walk. The person that couldn't see, he told him to open his eyes. The person that was deaf, he stuck his finger in his ear, right, and pulled it out again. The guy could hear, right? He called them to action. It's not just this passive thing where we're sitting our lazy boys, hoping something good happens. No, we're called to be a people of movement. Trevor spoke a couple Sundays ago about what is my part. That was a good message. You should go back and listen to that one. That's a little plug for Trevor there. <clears throat> are we obedient and willing to step out and put faith to action? Or are we going to sit back and keep waiting for it? That was an, a little nutshell of what Trevor is talking about. It's like, guys, we, we got to be obedient to what Jesus called us to do and, like, go for it. We got to do this thing. Be in it t- together. Faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. In other words... We are intended to actively pursue the things we hope for and have faith for. We actively pursue it. If we're passionate about helping the sick, or say someone was passionate about helping the sick. If you were aspiring to become a doctor, but just kept hoping with our heads, it's never going to happen. But if you get in your heart, get, get your heart involved, become passionate about it, And then get your hands going and start researching, start planning, start writing out the plans of how to get there, all the while having faith that Jesus is going to help you, believing you've already received the funds for your tuition, believing you're already going to have that amazing roommate in the dorm, believing your grades are going to rock to get you into the college or university that you really want to get into, believing God has already delivered the answer to your prayer while actively pursuing While actively being constant in prayer, you know, we're supposed to pray without ceasing, but we should also be constant in motion. When we have those two things happening at the same time, there's no stopping your potential and the potential for miracles to happen all along the way. Now, when I wanted to buy an electric guitar many moons ago, (laughs) I wanted to buy a Les Paul. This is a Les Paul. I really wanted a good guitar. Desperately wanted to get an electric guitar. So I started to pray about it. I wrote down what guitar I wanted to get. A Gibson Les Paul. That's what I really wanted to have. So I started praying about it. I started telling my friends about it. That that's the guitar I want. I started saving money for it. It wasn't just a passive thing where I'm like, God, just I, I'm going to put my hands out and you're going to drop that guitar in my lap. No. I have to work for it a little bit too. I started saving money for it. Well, my one friend worked at the music store back where we used to live, a really good friend of mine, and he was unpacking guitars this one day off of a shipment. He picks up this box, and it's heavy, and he's like, oh, I think I know what kind of guitar this is. I think this is a Gibson Les Paul because Gibson Les Pauls typically weigh between nine to twelve pounds, and that's what gives them their amazing sound quality: is the, the density of the wood, the weight of these guitars. So he like starts unpacking; can't wait to see this amazing Gibson Les Paul. Pulls it out only to realize this is an Epiphone Les Paul, or what I like to call an Epiphone-y. <laughs> and basically, what it is is it's the lower end models of what a Gibson guitar is. But usually, Epiphone guitars weigh between seven and nine pounds because they're cheaper made guitars. But occasionally, there's an Epiphone guitar that comes through the store that lucked out and got really good wood used on that guitar and ends up being more in that nine to 12 pound range. So he pulls it out, looks at, sees an Epiphone guitar, and he called me up right away. He's like, hey, I know you're believing for that Gibson Les Paul. It just came in. It's got the wrong label on it. <laughs> it's basically what he said. So instead of paying $3,000 for a guitar, I paid $700. And I've got all the wood of a Gibson Les Paul, and I just had to upgrade a pickup. And so it's just like God came through for me. I was having faith that I was going to get this guitar, and I was able to get it for a lot less, even though I was still working for it and believing for it in that moment. And That's still the same guitar that I have today there. But church, let's have and give permission to dream about what God can do in our lives, right? No, parents of your young people, your graduates even. Let's have faith. Let's let them dream a little bit. Let's let them believe God for great things in their lives. If they say they want to be a doctor... Encourage them to continue to pray as they actively pursue it and get behind them all the way. Even if you don't think they have the funds to do it, even if their grades weren't the best, believe that they can still achieve it. Because if they put their heart to it, if they put their faith to it, if they start working for it, they can achieve it. And God will be there all the way with them. Church, let's start having faith for our church and our parking lot to be full, to be packed. Waiting, standing room only. Let's have faith for our friends and families to come to know Jesus. Let's put it out there. Let's have faith for no kids in our schools to be hungry, right? We just did that adopt a student last week. Rebecca came and presented at the church. What an opportunity for us to answer the needs in our community. What an opportunity. But let's have faith that there won't be one child hungry, right? Right now, there's like a couple hundred. Let's believe that there won't be any. And let's believe that God's going to do a miracle there as we give our little bits, right? Right? Let's have faith for no. Ki- oh, sorry, I did that one. All right. Let's have faith for families to be restored, right? Let's have faith for that. Let's have faith for facilities that can bless our community, right? This place is awesome, but just dream a little bit. God gave us imaginations for a reason because He's a creative God and we're made in His image. Therefore, our creativity, our imagination is a God-given gift. Let's dream a little bit about what kind of a facility we can bless our community with. Let's have faith for resources to accomplish all that we set our hearts to do with Jesus. Let's have faith for it. But as we're having faith for those really big things, let's not forget the little ones. Let's have faith for that common cold to go away. Let's have faith, you know, for that um, person behind us in Tim Hortons to pay for our Tims, right? Have faith for the little things. Jesus cares about each one of us more than sometimes we give him credit for. Lots of, lots of us want to jump straight to that crazy faith level. But crazy faith is really the sum of our baby faith building up and building up and building up to all of a sudden we're walking in a level of faith that people go, wow, I wish I had your faith. When I think of something like that, I think of Ken Parker. He has crazy faith for things. But he didn't get there overnight. He's built it up over years, believing for little things, little things, a little bit bigger things, a little bit bigger things, to all of a sudden some pretty crazy things that he's believed for and God's come through on it. That's where we're going, church. That's the kind of faith that Jesus has called all of us to get to. But we've got to start somewhere. Let's start at that baby faith level. Every rep is adding on the one before it, Right? Think about when you're working out, when you're doing reps, okay? You got to keep working those muscles, keep building it up, and eventually we're going to have faith levels that are too crazy or that are crazy to those that haven't put the time in, right? You see someone that's like physically ripped, and you go, wow, I wish I had your body. Well, do you wish you did all of the workouts to get there? (laughs) That's what it took, right? Awesome. Why don't we stand, and I'm going to close in a prayer. I'll pray for each one of us here that we're going to have the faith for the crazy things, but we're also going to be actively pursuing the little things in faith and building up our faith levels as a church. That as we see God come through on some of those little things, we're going to share that with one another. It's going to help build the faith of the community of believers in our testimonies, in our stories. So Jesus, I thank you for each person here in this room. Lord, I believe that even as we're talking about baby faith this morning, that you're pointing out situations in people's lives, um, moments in people's lives, things in people's lives, Jesus, where they could use having a little bit more faith for. That we'd start recognizing some of those little situations, those little things that's like, but if God was in this, this would maybe look a little bit different and start having faith for those things to happen Jesus, I pray that as we start to exercise our faith muscles, as we start to believe you for so much more things, so many more little things, so many more little bit bigger things that it would start to add up and build up and our faith would start to rise in this place and that we start sharing stories of where God's come through with one another and that these God at work stories in our lives would build the faith of the community of believers so that we can have faith for even greater things to the point where we're a body of people your church, living and operating in crazy faith levels and shaking this whole community, Jesus, with you, with, for you. So I pray as we go this week that we remember that crazy faith starts at baby faith. And that no matter what we're facing, whether it's a grueling exam, whether it's a test with a doctor, whether it's a work situation, may we have faith for you to intervene, Jesus. In your name, amen. Amen. Well, church, be blessed as you go this week. Remember, we have life group tonight at Faith's house. You want to be there. If you don't know how to get there, come see myself or Faith. Um, or someone at the Welcome Center to help point you in the right direction. But be blessed as you go. Grads, awesome having you here this morning. You got this. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.